We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in. Welcome into the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I'm Eric Balkman. You follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. Um, of course, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and the FFPC. I want to remind everybody that tis the season for drafting. FFPC main event going hard right now. A $1 million grand prize uh, for the second consecutive year uh, in, in the FFPC main event. You can win that when you register at myffpc.com. And the other contest, for the first time, we're ever offering a million-dollar grand prize. It's called the Fantasy Pros Championship. A $1 million grand prize when you register at myffpc.com. Uh, and we're going to be talking a lot about that contest tonight because tonight's guest has already done a ton of them. Before I get to that, want to remind everybody to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC YouTube channel, comment on the video, share the video with your friends and frenemies, and of course, get notified so you always know when we're going live, especially in August, when this is probably our busiest live stream month. And please be welcoming back onto the FFPC airwaves, a guy who has won more than $200,000 in the over the course of his high-stakes fantasy football career, looking to make that number even larger this year, aren't we all? Uh, as he has uh, drafted numerous teams in the Fantasy Pros Championship uh, in the hopes of securing a million-dollar grand prize. Uh, you already follow him on Twitter, at Duke Viveros. Please welcome back onto the show, Mr. Duke Viveros. Duke, welcome in. A happy Tuesday night to you, man. Thanks a lot, Bobby. Pleasure to be here. I got the Twitter right. It's Duke Viveros, right? Right. 
Okay, I wanted to make sure. God, you know, I always, I'm always nervous about that, and I got it right. Thank God. Um, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about the proper Chiefs uh, running back to target at their current ADP, what to expect from Jordan Addison in in his uh, rookie year, and whether Dalton Schultz is actually being underdrafted in the FFPC. Let's get right into it, Duke. Um, a lot of high stakes players have been excited about Bijan Robinson, even in the Prior to the pre, prior to the NFL draft, even before he was drafted by by the by the Atlanta Falcons, although he was listed as the number three running back in the depth chart, that's another conversation. Um, but people are excited about Robinson. A lot of people are still excited about Pitts. I want to ask you why you're excited about Drake London because I know you've been drafting him a lot this summer, right? What do you see in London that maybe some of the other FFPC players are not seeing? Yeah, I mean, if you remember last year, uh, we briefly spoke about London going in the eighth, ninth round. I said, "Hey, he landed in a great spot. I would, I would hit, I would pick that guy up. I really think he's an alpha dog and he'd be a number one." Now, fast forward, and let's back up a little bit too. The last five weeks, this is when they made the quarterback change. He had fifty-seven targets. He averaged ninety yards, ninety yards a game. The last five games of, of the season, only Tyreek Hill had the higher thirty percent. Uh, target routes than him in the entire NFL for wide receivers. I love this guy and Balky. He's going, I did a draft last week. He was the first, second pick in the fifth round is you're getting this guy as a third wide receiver. And he's a number one wide receiver. In my opinion, I love everything about it. Uh, Falcons defense is mediocre. I mean, I love the running back they have there. Hopefully Pitts is going to be healthy. I think he's just set to go just take off and do really, really well this year. You know, and, and more of a best ball question here, but like obviously Desmond Ritter would become more attractive in an FFPC best ball format, given that you have Robinson, you have Pitts in London. All of those guys are going to be heavily targeted this year. London is wide receiver 25 in the mid-fifth round. He's going right behind Hopkins, DJ Moore, and McLaurin. But he's going ahead of Godwin, Kirk, and Deontay Johnson. And certainly there is something to like about a young receiver potentially breaking out in Atlanta this year, Duke. So uh, you make a lot of good points there. London's a guy that I don't know why. It's like I, I don't. he's one of those guys where like, I don't dislike him. I don't love him. Mm. And as a result, I, I probably only got a couple of shares of him. But I'm going to have to take a strong look at that again based on your analysis tonight. I want to keep the wide receiver discussion going here. Jordan Addison, a guy who, uh, when he was at Pitt, just crushed it, won the Boletnikoff Award, transfers to USC to play with the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and the tape there was not as good as the tape in Pittsburgh. Yet the Minnesota Vikings still invested in, in, in him. They let Adam Thielen go. He signs in Carolina, and now Addison is added to a pretty potent pass-catching trio of Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Addison. Addison is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of um, single-man coverage because Justin Jefferson is going to get so much attention on the other side of the field. What kind of season can he perform in the Fantasy Pros Championship where you don't care about rookies, you don't care about veterans, you just care about production in this one year? What's Addison going to give you this year? So many similarities to Addison to Amar Ross, St. Brown last year. Here he is. He's going in the late seventh round, eighth round. Same conversation, same uh, USC alumnus. The guy, again, could not have landed in a better spot. With Thielen gone now, um, maybe maturity problems. I don't know about you, Balky, but I'm not doing 140 mile an hour, you know, on the freeway at 3 in the morning getting speed yes. tickets, you know. So he might need a little growing pains there. But the coaching staff there with Minnesota, wow. I mean, opposite of Jefferson, you know, and Hawk over there too. I love everything about this kid. Uh, they say he's doing fantastic. He's got a good rapport uh, with, with the quarterback. Uh, so far in camp, everybody's saying, I love everything about it. I, I really, really like this kid a lot. He is going at wide receiver um, 38 right now in uh, Fantasy Mojo. And by the way, shout out to Fantasy Mojo at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. 
Uh, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joe's championship. Anytime we cite FFPC ADP on this channel, it's always uh, his numbers that he gets. And uh, if you play in the FFPC, strongly urge you to get a subscription to Fantasy Mojo because it. And we I said this in the in the live stream we just did uh, at 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 eight o'clock tonight. And everybody was in there chiming in. Oh, yeah, uh, Mojo, totally worth it. You got to get it. Um, I, I want to ask you a philosophical question about Addison because I think, and maybe this is lazy analysis now, Duke, um, but one of the things that people knocked Addison for was his size. 5'11", 173 is what he's listed at on NFL.com. So I'm going to go with that size. But I think in today's NFL where it's so pass-heavy, are we actually putting too much of an emphasis on these big six foot three, 220 pound Brandon Marshall, Calvin Johnson type receivers? Because some of these younger guys that are smaller can still get it done as well. Are we overvaluing size right now? Absolutely, 100%. Deontay Johnson gets a ton of targets. He's a, he's a small guy. You know, uh, it, it, to me, it's all about talent and skill level and landing spot. And where you go, is he going to be a guy that's going to put a whole lot of points for fantasy football for you this season? Landing with the Vikings, he's in a perfect spot. I can see him being a solid number three wide receiver growing pain with the possibility of going to maybe a number two receiver as the season progresses. I think he has that much talent on that offense. I think he can really excel. I'm going to say this too, and, and I think the Vikings are just a fascinating story this year. If you looked at that team last year, they won so many one-score games, right? And they came out ahead of them. Like they were they were like 11 or 12-0 and 0 or something like that until they got yeah. to the playoffs, and then and they ended up losing that one-score game. But I and, – and when you come out ahead on so many of those um, close games, inevitably or almost inevitably, there is a regression in the mean the following season. Oh, sure. and, and, and if that is the case, wouldn't you think, based on what the Vikings have said about Dalvin Cook, without saying anything, the fact that they're not bringing him back, and what they did in the draft in Jordan Addison, what they did at the end of last season, giving up that draft capital to TJ Hawkinson, aren't they telling us, look, we're going to be passing a lot this year, maybe not as much as we want to because our defense isn't all that great, and we know there's a regression to the mean coming. Like You could see, and oftentimes when we see three pass catchers drafted this high, Duke, we see one of them or two of them bust. But you could see Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Addison all returning on their ADP, and in, in Hawkinson and Addison's case, maybe even more because these guys are going to catch a ton of balls this year in this offense. Yeah, the only regression you're going to see is going to be in the wins and loss columns for the Vikings right. yes. and what they yeah. did. But as far as the offense goes, it can go even higher as far as I'm concerned. The defense yes. is not very very good at all, and they're going to be pass-happy. Kirk Cousins, I mean, give me all Vikings. You know, I, you know, I'll yeah. see you with those guys. I, I'm totally with you on that. I've been drafting a bunch as well. Um, the live stream, I just alluded to the live stream we just did, Fantasy Pros Championship coverage, and it was interesting because one of the teams in there, and I forget who drafted them, but one of them took John Mechie in the 11th round. We saw some, some wild picks in this draft, it, in, and it was fun. It was fun to do it. But John Mechie went in the 11th round. And I got to ask you, Duke, and you've been doing these drafts for now for quite a while this year in the Fantasy Pros Championship. John Mechie was a player that was sometimes not even being drafted in like May or June, right? Yep. And now he's climbed up. His ADP is currently at the 15th round. We saw him go in the 11th round tonight. Can you tell us a, a little bit about why it's smart to load up on Mechie when you can get him in the 15th round in Houston this year. You just said it. It's the 15th round. You know, he misses the entire year. The kid's coming back. He's nothing but rave reviews about him. You have nothing to lose and everything in the game with a 15-round selection in John Mechie. I'm all over Nico Collins. I'll tell you that right now, Bucky. Him going in the oh. 10th, 11th round, 
give me give me Nico Collins as my fifth, sixth wide receiver on every single team. But you know what? Someone's going to catch those balls, you know, and Nico, for whatever reason, injuries, whatever, Mechie can step right in there as a 15th round pick, and he could be really, really good for your teams. Well, how do you how do you look at so right now we have four Texans being drafted on average in the fantasy pros championship. Uh, you mentioned Collins in the 10th, obviously Mechie in the 15th. You're looking at Tank Dell in the 18th and Robert Woods in the 19th. Are you focusing simply on Collins and Mechie, those two players, or have you drafted some Woods and Dell uh, no. players as well? No, it's just those two. I mean, I'm all over Collins and, and, and Mechie. I probably have Mechie. I've done like 80 drafts, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I probably have Mechie on about 20 teams, and I have Collins mm-hmm. on about 35, 40 teams. Wow. Yeah, I, that's and, how high on him. And so what? what is it about those? I mean, is it just the, the fact that the team should be bad again this year, but they have a legit quarterback that, that can get them the football? What's what, Why are you loading up on Collins and Mechie when seemingly so many other high-stakes players are not doing that? Yeah, we'll see about the quarterback, but I do have big, good, you know, good, good expectations with him on there. But they're going to have to score points. They're going to have to throw the ball. You know, the the running back uh, Pierce, he was good. He he was okay, but I don't. I think it was more about opportunity and touches more than anything else. That mm-hmm. more he was. I mean, look who the reading uh, leading running back was, Rick Rex Burkett for a while. You know, so that's how bad it was over there now. You know, right. but yeah, I, I mean, it's just about opportunity and targets, and I can just see that for both those wide receivers this year. Um, so we just got a question uh, from the YouTube chat. It's our good buddy uh, Dominic Gazzetti who wants to know, or wants, yeah, wants what, what you think of Schultz's potential this year in Houston. And I think that's 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 the question I was going to uh, ask you here to give you some details. You already know this. Dalton Schultz finished as the number 10 tight end in FFPC scoring last year. He is being drafted in the 10th round this year um, as tight end 12. Does that seem appropriate to you, or should FFPC players be bumping him up a little bit more in that offense? I think that's about right. Yeah, 89 targets last year. You know the off, the offense with the Cowboys, they like to get the tight ends involved. Now move him over to, to Houston now. I think he's solid, Balky. I, I, I don't think he's – a super high upside. I can see him 10, 12 points a week and then throw in five to eight touchdowns through the year. I like him. I don't just like him. He's mm-hmm. kind of he's kind of in the, in the middle, you know, right there. But I do have shares of him because I think he's still a very good value where you can draft him. Um, uh, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a, kind of like a plotter type out there, but he has good hands. Uh, I think he's a perfect little security blanket for the rookie quarterback. You can see a lot of checkdowns. I like. I, I like. I'm not in love with them, but I like him. Dalton Schultz, tight end 12 at the 10.02 right now. He's kind of going in, in like this little glut here in the ninth, 10th round. Dalton Kincaid goes at the end of the ninth. Uh, Schultz at the 10.02. Higby and Dulcich are going basically back to back at the 10.06. I'm going to ask you about Higby in a little bit before I get there. I should, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm, there are certain players every year when I have guests on the show and I, I bring them up to all of them. And I think Dalton Kincaid is one of them. This is so weird to me um, to see a guy who was the first tight end drafted in the NFL draft this year, Duke, a player that um, was selected by a team that already had a high-powered offense that they traded up for, and the analysis on this guy is, well, I don't know how well he's going to block, but he is a great pass catcher, and the Bills have said as much, we're going to be using this guy as a pass catcher this year. Tight end premium scoring in the FFPC, if you would have asked me where Dalton Kincaid was going after the NFL draft and say, well, he's going to top out probably in like the sixth round this year, maybe the seventh round at the latest because everybody gets so crazy about drafting these tight ends. 
He's going at the late ninth. What am I missing on Kincaid? Um, I don't know how many shares you have of Kincaid, but are you surprised to see him not going earlier in these drafts? I'm not. No, to me, he landed in the wrong spot. I mean, mm. look, let's, let's go to flip over to Laporta with, with the Lions. Well, he's going several rounds later. I love Laporta. Give me Laporta all, all day long. I really like that guy. You know, with Jamison Williams out six weeks, you know, you got the Amara, you got Laporta, the, the running backs, of course. Perfect, per, perfect landing spot for him. I don't dislike Kincaid. He's probably one of the best tighter, you know, the rookies coming, you know, coming out into the pros. But there's so many mouths to feed fantasy wise over at Buffalo. You know, he's got to get in line and peck in order. He's not one, two, or three. He's behind there. You know, I can see maybe uh, and, and, and with rookie growing pains too, you know, and they got knocks still there too, you know. So yeah. five targets a game, maybe. Maybe, you know, we're Laporta. I, I, boy, I, I like him an awful lot. You know, uh, I don't, and again, I don't just like Kincaid. You know, and Mayer, the kid that, that went with the Raiders, you know, give right. him a little bit of time. I think he can do really well too. He landed in a really good spot to do well. Growing pains, but I can see him midseason on really coming on, you know, and who knows, maybe he can come out right out of the gate and do well too. But, but I, I like those kind of guys, especially Laporta. I have Laporta as my second tight end, not first, but second mm-hmm. tight end on a crazy amount of teams. Uh, you know, uh, you bring up a good point here, and I'm almost thinking now that I'm I'm playing this out in my head, that maybe Kincaid could be the type of guy that doesn't live up to expectations in year one, and maybe they're unfair expectations, which sure. would, would make it more difficult. But he could be one of those guys where next year, Duke, when we're doing 2024 fantasy pros for, for like a million bucks, and then he's going even later, and it's like, oh, that guy burned me last year. And then all of a sudden he turns into a great deal, sure. year into the league. Yeah, that could that could happen with Kincaid. I'm glad you brought up Laporta too, because this is a guy that has really been ascending up draft boards. He's been working a lot with the ones in, in Detroit. And this guy is a ready-made. And and I'll tell you the other thing, and, and I think that we kind of underrate this. I kind of brought it up with the Vikings a little bit already. But these teams that with bad defenses, and I'm I'm of the opinion that Detroit did not do enough <laughs> in free agency in the draft to improve their defense. Yeah. I think Goff is going to be throwing it all over the place, which is Love great. It. Brown, Williams, and Laporta this year. Yes. Give me, I'm all in on the Lions, man. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I got Goff as my second quarterback all over the place. You know, you know, I think he's just had per- perfect for fantasy wise. You know, I mean, I, I love me some Goff, and you get the free look on Thursday. How good is that? You know, so yeah, yeah give, give me Goff all day long. I like it. Um, moving over to the West Coast and the the Los Angeles Rams. Um, it, how how wild things change and how fast they change, right? Because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about this high-powered Rams offense, and now they don't look so great anymore. You know, Stafford has been dinged up. Uh, the, the, I think the Rams were looking to get rid of him. They couldn't find what they wanted, so he's back there. Cup is already dealing with an injury. You're looking at um, uh, uh, Robert Woods no longer there and, and Odell Beckham no longer there. Um, so there's there's a lot to dislike about Los Angeles. However, a player that always seems to be targeted quite a bit there is Tyler Higby. And he's had some monster games as a member of the Rams. Why do you think there's still value, even with the Rams offense in the state it's in right now, Duke? Why do you still think there's value in drafting Tyler Higby in the 10th round? 10th, 11th round. Listen, Higby had 104 targets last year, Balky. Only Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Andrews had more pass targets. Let that sink in for a little bit, you know, for all the tight ends out there. You know, he, he missed one or two games last year. And, I mean, he's, he, he's last two years he's he's played pretty well where he hasn't missed many games. I love Higby. I got Higby all over the place. You know, I, I haven't even – if I'm just totally – I don't know about punting on tight ends, but waiting till 10th, 11th, 12th round, I'm getting Higby with my first selection as a tight end. I love Higby. 
and and you know you've done a lot of drafts. Do you do you feel like you do that in the majority of your drafts where you wait on tight end to that to that point and then maybe grab two or three of them there, um, or are you trying to get one of the elite tight ends? What's sort of the Duke Viveros strategy on tight ends in the FFPC? Every da- dra- uh, draft's different. Listen, if Waller's going to fall a round and a half later, I'm going to snap call on him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll get Hawkins in if he falls. You know, like almost a full round, I'll, I'll snap call on him. If not, and, and it goes the way I thought it was going to go, the draft. You know. Give, give me Dolch and Higby. Give me Laporta, you know, and Komet. You know, give me those two combination of those guys like that, and I'll take my chances for the year. I I want to bring this up too. As long as we're talking tight ends here, um, Dominic Gazzetti also wants us to touch on uh, Luke Musgrave as well. And Musgrave's an interesting guy. I, now, Duke, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but I'm based in Northeast Wisconsin, so I, I follow the Packers pretty closely. And Musgrave was a guy that was rumored to go to the Packers prior to the NFL draft. And I liked what I saw. This guy's super athletic. Matt LaFleur this past week called him the biggest, or excuse me, the fastest big guy he's ever seen. And he's been turning some heads in, in practice and in, in training camp against the Packers starting defense. Um, and, and I look at where he is right now in fantasy pros drafts. Wasn't even being drafted a couple of months ago. He's entered now in the 17th round, basically. He after the top 30 tight ends are off the board, you can grab Musgrave there if you yeah. want. So there yeah. he's basically free. The interesting thing I think about Musgrave is the Packers offense is going to be totally different this year, or maybe not. I mean, it, it could be totally different, it could be similar to what we saw. The point here is we just don't know, right? Exactly. Because it's Jordan Love, it's Watson, it's Dobbs, it's Jaden Reed, it's Luke Musgrave. You know, we just don't know what, what's going to happen. And in a tight end premium format like the FFPC, to get a guy like Musgrave, who I don't think he's catching 60 balls this year, but it's not out of the realm of possibility sure. in that offense, to get him in the 17th round, I, you're a volume drafter. Have you been touching on Musgrave Musgrave late at all? Uh, I have him on like five shares. Five shares. And just because of what you said, I, I'm optimistic about Love. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. You know, I'm I, am kind of, I, I am optimistic about the Packers' offense. And I know they want to run the ball, but – I think they're going to be sneaky good out there. I think they can be a very good team out there. I'm not going to say they're maybe a playoff team, but I think they'd be very, very competitive, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine. I mean, I, I can see that for the Packers this year. You know, what's interesting, but not that I want to turn this into a Packers show, but I'll just briefly wax poetic on it. One of the biggest things, uh, you know, the, the running jokes in Green Bay is when Aaron Rodgers is here, the front office would always draft a defensive player in the first round which is something they did again this year. In the first round, they got Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, the pass rusher. And they will be able to put on the field eight first-round picks on defense. And they kind of let everybody down last year a little they bit. sure did. And, yeah. and, and I am of the opinion, Duke, and I've been saying this for months, that I think Green Bay is going to be a top-five defense this year, and here's why. Joe Barry, who's the defensive coordinator, a guy that probably should have lost his job last year, but the Packers went on a crazy run the last five or six weeks of the season doing some different things that they hadn't before that I think saved Barry's job. And I just found this out today, that after the season was over last year, Barry went to the, all the defensive players, something that this has never been done in Green Bay on, with Joe Barry as defensive coordinator. He met with all the defensive players, and he basically said to him, look, guys, what do you guys want to do next year? Right. How do you want to play defense? And and they were just like press coverage. Let's Alexander's got to go on the top guy. Uh, you know, right. on, on on you know like Jefferson. How he you know Jefferson ran wild against the Packers in in the first week of the season, and then at the end when Alexander locked him up at the end, shut of the season, him down. Yeah, it broke hearts. It broke hearts, yeah. right? So and and I think that there's more of an emphasis this year, and there's already changes. Joe Barry's going to be coaching from the from the box this year as opposed to down on the field. 
but that's, that's all besides the point. So the Packers this year, to me, I think that defense is going to be really good, and I think it's going to allow Jordan Love to not play under pressure and and not be able to to have to force things this year. I think the Packers. I don't think they win double digit games. I think no. they're like an eight or nine win team. Um, but I think Jordan Love is is competent, and I think he's going to be all right this year. And I think because he's all right, Jones, Dylan, Watson, Dobbs, Musgrave, all these guys are going to be all right this year. And I think the dip is still out there for Green Bay Packers, yeah. even with Aaron Jones and Dylan, by the way. I think the dip is still out there. And and for me, if, I, if I'm giving advice here, I'm going to tell people, sprinkle some Packers on your teams this yeah. year. I think it's going to be worthwhile. I like some Watson out there. I have a lot of Watson on my team. I really like that kid. He's really, really good. And, and I think, uh, you, again, get him as your fourth wide receiver, you know, the sixth round, you know, third wide receiver. I, I'm starting him every week. I like him. Yeah. Um, we got another question from the chat here um, from uh, Slurp Show. And he said, sorry if I missed uh, missed the join late. Where does mankind take his quarterbacks? First group or fifth round group, uh, Fields, Burrow, or just wait? I, I think you kind of do it all, right? Um, you, you try to get the elite guys sometimes. You get the mid-tier guys sometimes. Then you get the late guys sometimes, right? What, what's your optimal strategy, Duke? Yeah, I I, I, I put them in in brackets, and I the elite eight quarterbacks are for me with Fields and uh, Jacksonville, you know, being the, the, the last two. I try to get them, like, in the fifth round, then I load up on wide receivers. Maybe I'll go with a, a one running back, a first or second round. Um, but – I usually stay there or I'll wait and I'll wait till, you know, I'll go Prescott cousins, you know, later on and get combination of that, you know, I'll get to a, to a cousin, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go in an uh, early second round where I'll, I'll, I'll go one of the top three, you know, I'll, I'll go Allen Mahomes, you know, uh, you know, or equals, you know, one of those guys and, or even, or, or even stack them with one of the receivers, my first two picks and build a team that way too. I go all over to I go all over the place again, depending on the flow of the draft, you know how I go. But right. I do. Well, I don't just stick with just one. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I go all over the place. Of those elite eight quarterbacks that you're referring to, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, uh, Jackson, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence. Are there any guys that you're kind of fading, or do you have kind of equal shares of all of them? No, to me they're all yum yum, man. I want all those guys on my team. Yeah, no, Charger <laughs> quarterback this year. I think I just love him with the offensive coordinator from Cowboys going over there. And I've got him on the fifth round on so many teams. I feel like I'm doing a robbery getting that guy, you know, in the fifth round. I really think he can be up there with the big three up there. I like him a lot. I love and Fields a lot. I, I think I can see Fields taking the next step now, too, getting a little bit better. Got an alpha dog, you know, with DJ over there now. Mm -hmm. I love the tight end. I really like I really like Fields. Just stay healthy. Stay healthy. You know, don't get hurt. I mean, he that kid's got a lot of talent. I really like you know, a lot of Fields, too. You know, and the other thing with Fields is, like, I, I'd be willing to trade in 150, 200 rushing yards for health mm -hmm. all season, right? Sure. Um, because Absolutely. of all the, the the weapons that he has there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that, uh, for sure. Speaking of the Bears, you mentioned you, you like the tight end there in Cole Komet. And this is a guy that just got paid by the Bears, although there's a lot of people that say – well, he got paid because they have to reach the salary floor this year. Right. But still, they invested in Cole Komet. Tight end 17, Duke, at the 11.07 tonight. Nobody's drafting him as a starting tight end. But Cole Komet, why should people – because I think people are shying away from him based on a full season of Chase Claypool now, a, a full healthy offseason of Darnell Booney, and obviously a first season ever with DJ Moore there. Why should people still not forget about Cole Komet in the 11th round? I don't think people realize how athletic and gifted Cole Komet is. The guy's six foot four, 240 pounds, 24 years old. 
you know, he had, what, 50 catches last year? He catches the ball. He had 69 pass attempts, and he caught 50 balls for seven TDs. You know, I, I, man, I love that guy. I, I uh, and so does Fields. And, that, and that's one of the most important things. You know, I really like that connection with that guy. I can see him eight to 10 touchdowns this year. And I don't think that's stretching it that far. I think he's that good. I, I, I like him for 12, 13, 14 points a week. And then with your touchdowns, you know, every now and then. And there, I like, I like Holcomb a lot. Um, Dominic Gazzetti also chiming in on the Bears pass catchers. Let's talk about the gap here between Mooney and between DJ Moore. Because right now, DJ Moore is going off the board as, let's see, where is he? 502, wide receiver 23, uh, Duke. And then Darnell Mooney, wide receiver 60 at the 1308. Is that a valid gap between Moore and Mooney, or or should they be closer? And is Mooney a value, quite frankly, in the 13th round this year? Oh, he's not he's not gonna hurt, you know, in the 13th. I was all over Mooney last year. I mean, I love Mooney last year, but it's it's a whole new year now. Uh that to me, that gap. DJ Moore in the fifth round again is just a monstrous steal for I, I I love give me DJ Moore you know as my third wide receiver in a draft I mean that's a fantastic start on there you know Mooney is to me now is more like a bi week filler kind of guy you know you still got Claypool over there too who knows what's going to happen with him um, but I I see DJ Moore and Cole Komet as the main people the beneficiaries for fantasy this year on there and Mooney not so much. And and the other thing to keep in mind too, like because of the presence of Komet and obviously um, um, uh, uh, Rashawn Johnson, the guy that they drafted too, who is capable of catching passes out of the backfield. You know, Darnell Mooney, the last time he played for Chicago, he didn't really have a whole lot of peers there, and now it's pretty crowded as far yeah. as the targets go. Um, yeah. And and the Bears, quite frankly, could still be a run first type team, and if they are a run first type team. Um, then you're looking at maybe depressed targets for some of those lower end guys like Darnell Mooney. So I think that's they're, they're going to try, but the defense is going to say otherwise. They're going to have to throw the ball. Their defense is, is not very well at all. Sure, they want to try running the ball, but they're going to have to air it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
They, they probably will. Um, and I think you're right about that. Everybody always says, oh, we want to play defense and run the ball until, you know, the, the every everything starts happening for real in the regular season. Yeah. And then you kind of got to go on the fly. Uh, we've been talking to a lot of pass catchers. Let's move to the backfield here uh, tonight, Duke. Uh, Chiefs running backs. I ask this every year. I feel like I've asked this every year since the days of Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson. Uh, the Chiefs running back that you are putting your chips in on this season, who is it? Pacheco, I can't, I can't, McKinnon, McKinnon? I, I can't put all my chips on two because I like them both. You okay. know, I mean, McKinnon, weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, last year, Balky, mm. 90 fantasy points. Are you kidding me? 26 catches. I mean, just he won you money. You got the Pacheco, the kid, after week six, when he finally took over the starting role, he went 11 straight weeks and double digits in points. Not fantastic, but not horrible. You know, right. now we'll add on another year. I know the shoulder, you know, we'll see what happens. But, man, I, I like them both. I don't like one more than the other. And I built so many teams this year where I got Pacheco in like in the eighth round. And my team was good with running backs and wide receivers. And I got my quarterbacks where I also came back and got McKinnon. You know, because I wanted that that wanted that combination. Because every year, doesn't it seem like a, some kind of Kansas City running back takes you to the promised land when you need them the most? You know, so I love them both. Put it that way. If you want, McKinnon can get Pacheco's going to grind it out. He's going to get you 60, 80 yards rushing, and hopefully, he gets a touchdown. He's not going to catch the ball. Maybe one catch a game. Well, McKinnon can get that in two drives. You know, at, at halftime or at the end of the game. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Catch, you know, and so. You got you, you got to kind of weigh that out in which direction you want to go as far as that goes, you know. But I like it. I like having them both. It's just like a good insurance policy for you to have to have both those running backs when your team's really only when you're able to do that when you you know, your roster your team where you can do something like that. Because a lot of people you just can't do. It. You got to get a wide receiver. You got to get tight end. Whatever the flow of the draft, you're not going to be able to get those guys. But I do try to get both those guys. I like them both. I don't. I'm not off on any of the, either of those two. Yeah, Pacheco going at the end of the seventh round now, McKinnon in the mid to late 10th round, and then you also have Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 16.05, Deneric Prince uh, right behind him at the 16.07 as far as Kansas City running backs go. But, yeah, Pacheco and McKinnon, I think that's that's interesting there uh, when you consider that Pacheco touched the ball more, but McKinnon might be getting those higher-value touches uh, this year too. Now, um, Farrell Elliott, who um, is my co-host on the Friday night High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Gives me has been giving me trash. He's been he's been talking sauce to me for several years now, Duke. Because I feel like every single time I have a guest on, I have to ask about the Buffalo running back situation as well. The Buffalo running back situation to me is clearer this year than it ever has been. But apparently not for FFPC drafters. I love James Cook. I think James Cook is going <laughs> to be great with catching the ball. Um, no, doesn't have to deal with Devin Singletary anymore. And yet, I look at the ADP in the Fantasy Pros Championship, and James Cook is still, still a seventh-round pick. 26 running back off the board. He's not even being drafted as an RB2 this year. Yeah. I, th I think that's wrong to the point where I'm like, God, I must be missing something on this guy. What am I missing on James Cook? Because in the missing. seventh round, I'll, I'll take him all day. You're not missing anything. I, I love me some James Cook this year. You know, Everybody's already assuming that Harris is going to be the first down, second down running back on the goal line. I mean, Dorsey said it last week that he sees Cook as a possible three down back, you know, mm -hmm. you know, so and he catches the ball. He averaged 5.7 yards a rush last year, Balky, out of 90 rushes. It's not like he can't run the ball either, you know. I I, I think he could be one of the 
breakout players going in the eighth, ninth round where people say, God, I wish I would have had that guy on my team. I, I wish I would have drafted him. I really like James Cook an awful, awful lot. I think people are missing the boat if they don't get him on some teams. I feel like at this point I, I'm doing myself a disservice because the more I talk about him, his ADP is going to yeah, keep yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, So yeah. I should probably just shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> when, when, he's, <laughs> when he's available in the seventh, eighth round, I will say I, I always bring up this reference. Do you ever see the Moneyball movie with Brad Pitt, Jonah oh, Hill? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when Brad, that montage where he's talking to the A's, when he's talking about when a team lays down a bunt, don't try to do anything fancy with it. Just pick it up, throw them out, and say thank you. When yeah. James Cook is still available in the seventh, eighth round, just draft him and yes. say thank you. Like, that's yeah. what you got to do. With I mean, point. I mean, you got Naheem Hines. Maybe he's going to bite into his receiver. I mean, now he's yeah. out for the year, you know? And I mean, God, if you can't get excited about Cook and Buffalo offense, and, you know, I, I can see. 55 to 70 catches. I don't think that's out of, out of the realm for the season. They have Cook for the entire season getting that with double-digit touchdowns. You know, everybody's saying, oh, Harris at the goal line and get 10 touchdowns. You know what? That very well could happen, too. But I don't think he's going to be as big as part of the offense as people think that, he, that he's going to be. I think Cook is the main guy over there. I, I, I know zero RB is a little bit of a polarizing topic, but if you are going zero RB this year, I look at drafting – all these receivers getting an elite tight end, Goddard, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, Kelsey, Andrews, um, Hawkinson, any of those guys. And then technically, technically, according to ADP, you could get Rashad White and Javante Williams. You could get Javante Williams and James Cook. You could get James Conner and James Cook. James Conner, J.K. Dobbins. There's there's a glut of running backs going in that mid-sixth mid round to, to early seventh round. And Cook's one of them, and I think that that would make perfect sense if somebody wanted to do that. So yeah, there you, you go. You can't say zero running back theory anymore because what you just said, there are quality running backs to be, to be had yeah. around six, seven, and eight. So uh, you can load up an all number four, number one wide receiver, and still get Rashad White, Alexander Madison, you know, and give me give me that team all day long with an elite, yeah. with uh, with Abear, you know, and, all day and, long. and especially too when you consider <coughs> Fantasy Pros Championship, this is a draft where it's managed right and you could pick up players so this isn't best ball where you're locked into it so and i always said duke that the easiest at least for me the easiest position to replace in my starting lineup every week off of waivers was my second running back because it's such an opportunity based position so for me like if if i'm weak at second running back that must mean i'm loaded everywhere else i'll go to battle with that team huh, all day long yeah yeah um uh, I, I, we've been talking a lot of Texans and, and I don't want to turn this into Houston Texans are us here on the road of his high stakes lowdown this week, but I'm going to ask you one more Texans question here. Devin Singletary, he's going in the 12th round. Um, Damian Pierce is going in the sixth. Your thoughts on, on both those players. Number one is, is, is Pierce going just right? Is that where you would take him? Is that too early? And if that's the case, is Singletary going too late? Yeah. It's funny you talk about the Texans team because they're all, skill positions are interesting selections for fantasy because they're going so later on the rounds where there's such fantasy values, to, in my opinion, where the only one guy that I'm not is Pierce. And again, I mean, he, he kind of, to me, he kind of hit the wall. He had injuries last year. Uh, it was just about opportunity and volume, which he had early part of the season. Now you got Singletary. If you remember last year, I said he was a Rodney Dangerfield of fantasy, of fantasy football where he's getting drafted in the eighth round. Grab that guy. Now he comes to a perfect spot. Over there, he's one injury away of being 12, 15 point uh, a week running back because he catches the ball. You know, he's on mm -hmm. a perfect offense. I like Singletary, and I, I get Singletary every opportunity I can in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. I snap call on him. Yeah, uh, I love the poker references tonight. Who are you yeah. pushing your chips in? You're snap calling. This is great. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, and Singletary, too, in the 12th round. I mean, 
when you look at, uh, and I don't bring up the ADP here, as far as the running backs going around Devin Singletary, you know, it's fine to have some of these guys. I know there's Jeff Wilson people out there. Obviously, Tajay Spears for the people that believe that this is the year that Henry falls off. I just drafted Jerome Ford in the league um, it's just to get the guy behind the guy in Cleveland. There's some Zamir White love out there based on the unknown with, with Josh Jacobs. So there are players that you can sprinkle in there. But certainly when you look at Devin Singletary in the 12th, it makes some sense there as well. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, – oh, my God, we're already at the final question. I can't believe it. it time has flown by as it normally does. Uh, Duke Viveros, a winner of $200,000-plus in high-stakes fantasy football over the course of his career. You have already drafted several, uh, dare I say, numerous fantasy pros championship teams. Can you tell us a sleeper that you've been trying to get on your squads and, quite frankly, a sleeper that you're trying to get on your squads going forward – and then a guy that that you just don't want to have anything to do with that will not be in any of your teams this year, sir. Yeah, there's one. Uh, again, I told you the amount of teams that I have, and I have like 40% shares of him as my fifth or sixth wide receiver on every single team, and that's Jacoby Myers this mm. year with the Raiders. He averaged 13 points, fantasy points, every single week with the Patriots last year, Balky. Now fast forward over to the Raiders here now. I mean, they're going to be down 10 nothing before kickoff. I mean, right at the start of kickoff, they're going to throw the ball all day long. That guy's legit. He can catch the ball. I can see every single week six, seven, eight, nine targets, you know, underneath, you know, seven catches, 70 yards, and sprinkling some touchdowns in there. Again, this is 13 points a game. Just put it this way. I look at him as my worst player on my starting lineup, and if he can give me 13, 15 points, that's pretty good, you know, out of flex or something like that, you know, as a fifth or sixth wide receiver. I'm all over him, Jacoby Myers. You like Myers there too, and 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 I think that that I have to ask a question. Garoppolo uh, as the new quarterback in Las Vegas, throwing to to not only Myers but Michael Mayer and and Devontae Adams. Are are you kind of high on the Raiders' offense more so than some other team? Uh, more so than some uh, other drafters? I don't know about as high. I mean, Garoppolo's Garoppolo. He's a game manager, you know, but he's perfect for Jacoby Myers, you know, for throwing the balls underneath there. So I like him a lot, Devontae. He's just a stud. That guy can do – he runs. He can do anything. So I like that a lot. And then, again, throwing Meyer. I mean, they're going to have to throw all the time, especially if there's some kind of holdout or something with Jacobs like that. I mean, I hope not. You know, I, I like Jacobs. I have, I have quite, quite a few shares of that. But, man, Jacoby Meyer, it's kind of like how can he fail, you know, being in that offense and getting the targets? I mean, he – and they paid him the money, you know. Uh, so, you know, Hunter Renfro, you don't even hear anything about him anymore. I don't like Hunter Renfro too, but – uh, Jacoby Meyer is just in a prime spot to do so, so well. And again, six wide receiver. You know, 11, I got him in the tw- uh, a couple months ago. I got him in the 13th round, 12th round. I'm still – I'm all over him in the 11th round, 10th round. You know, as my again, my fifth or sixth wide receiver. To me, that's just a no-brainer. And, and he's the perfect guy not only that, that can you, you can throw in on when you have bye week or injury issues – and he's going to threaten double-digit points, maybe even more than double-digit points. But if anything, God forbid, were to happen to Devontae Adams, this guy has a history of being very successful at being the top-targeted wide receiver on his team. So there's a lot to like about Myers. What about a player you don't want to have anything to do with, Duke? Well, there's a few. um, Just because of where he's going in the third round, three-four turn is Debo Samuel this year. Mm. On their uh, injuries, I mean, you can get Ayuk a round and a half later. Ayuk had over a thousand yards. He had eight TDs. He had what eighty some catches last year. Ayuk, he's just tearing up in camp right now. I love everything about Ayuk this year. Debo's a great talent, but do you think they're going to hand the ball from thirty-four rushes again and have five touchdowns with the running backs that they have there? He got hurt on a kind of running back. I, mean, I remember people were screaming, "Why you keep?" Running? I know he got touchdowns. You know, he had five mm-hmm. touchdowns rushing, but I mean, you got CMC over there now. You got a very capable Elijah Mitchell over there. 
I don't see him playing up to round level uh, three or four drafting uh, again. I, I see him just going the other way, and I see Ayuk. Uh, Ayuk already passed on a lot. Look at Ayuk's numbers, the Debo's numbers. Not even close. It's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not even a discussion. It, it's totally one-sided. You know, well, and the other thing that that bears mentioning too, when you like, let's let obviously let's talk about the numbers. But okay, let, let's say you're not sold on the numbers. You look at Debo Samuel, wide receiver twenty at the four hundred four. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver thirty at the six hundred three. Like even if you're kind of like, ah, yeah, I could see a bounce back from Samuel. Is it a two round bounce back, right? No. Like like yeah. between Samuel and Debo, probably not. So then at that point, um, like Ayuk makes a like he. Here's the thing. You don't have to like Ayuk to, to not like Samuel, no. right? Like no. they, you can just fade both of them if you want. And there's George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey there as well. So yep. that, yeah. it's working against Debo Samuel too, Duke. Yeah. 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 Um, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, I just, all my reasons why I said about Debo. I mean, I think he's a great athlete, great player, but I get too high of a price for me to pay for a third, for three, four turn. Uh, a price that is never too high to pay is to have Duke Viveros on an FFPC podcast as he was our guest tonight on the road of his high stakes lowdown. Uh, look out for Duke uh, at not only in your fantasy football draft room, but also your uh, poker table, uh, whether you're playing. At you, now, do you just center that mostly on the West Coast or do you go all over the country, Duke? No, I go all over. I go to Florida. I've been to Texas, you know, whenever some nice tournaments that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. I'm out there. I'm on my way. That's that's crazy. Like Dave, I know David Hubbard plays a lot of of poker as well too. I, I'm sure you guys have tangled not only in the draft room but the poker table uh, somewhere before as well. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at Duke Viveros. Congratulations on all your success so far uh, in your career. Many many blessings and many well wishes on all your teams this year. And you might be pulling in a million bucks as a grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. We'll see, Duke. That'll be fantastic. And thanks for having me on, Bucky. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Duke Viveros, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him on Twitter at Duke Viveros, a guy that we've had on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour before. And what an entertaining show tonight, right? I mean, I that's what I love about the road of his high stakes lowdown. We get these great guests on, these really talented FFPC players. And when you have that, um, like I learn a lot as well. And and uh, I selfishly ask a lot of questions that are directly affecting my teams too. Uh, so I, I peppered a few of those. And if you hang out in the YouTube chat, you're probably going to get your questions uh, answered there as well. That will complete this evening's show. I uh, want to thank Duke Viveros. Uh, we're going to be live again. Yeah, I think about this here for a second. So we will be live again, the road of his high stakes lowdown, next Thursday, August 17th at 10, 9 central. Uh, guest TBD. I'm working on it right now. We're, we're going to announce it as soon as we have him. Um, that is going to be on the 17th. I'm very excited if this guy can do it because he's been on before and he's always a great guy to talk to. High Stakes Fantasy Football Show is live on the FFPC YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter channels this Thursday at 7, 6 Central with Fantasy Pros. Tom Strachan from the uh, Fantasy Sanctuary as well and myself will chop it up for two hours. And then a special bonus High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this Thursday night at 10, 9 Central. KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott and myself are going to be hanging out, talking shop uh, with 26-time FFPC League champ Matt Stewart. Don't want to miss that one. That's going to be this Thursday. And then Friday, another high-stakes fantasy football hour going on at 10-9 Central. Myself, Farrell, and FFMastermind.com's Michael Nazarick 
will join us as well. Remember, you can win a million dollars in the Fantasy Pros Championship, just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. You can win a million bucks in the main event at myffpc.com. Plenty of slow, live, sit-and-go best ball options all at myffpc.com. Like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this YouTube video so you never miss the action when we go live on the FFPC YouTube channel. Um, Want to remind everybody, too, um, before I sign off, Sunday night, we will have live FFPC main event coverage on this channel uh, Sunday evening with uh, Aiden LaCorey and Dave Tripoli. They will take you through. They already did it uh, this past Sunday. In case you missed it, it's on the FFPC YouTube channel. Um, in fact, all the videos that we do, whenever we go live, you can always watch them back on the FFPC YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. I really appreciate you. And we will talk with you again uh, on this channel on uh, Thursday evening. And the road of his high stakes lowdown a week from uh, this coming Thursday. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.